a lot of it is happening behind the scenes. So for the the new leaders who are trying to consolidate their power, Hu Jintao, the president, and the prime minister, Wen Jiabao, they, this is their chance now to put their people in important places and get rid of people they don't like. A lot of them perhaps uh, allied with the former president Jiang Zemin, the Shanghai faction. Hi, welcome back to the CVD Chinacast, a production of ChinaDigitalTimes.net, and I am Wu Nan. In our former edition, we talked to Jaime Falcos, the CNN bureau chief in Beijing. He spoke about his journalism experience in China since 1980, especially what he has seen during the Tiananmen event in 1989. Today, Jaime is going to talk about the changes of the media environment over 20 years while he has been a reporter in China. Here comes the show. Jaime, do you think one day China will remove the restricts of journalism? Yeah, well, I think that uh, the media policy in China will have to evolve uh, and will have to open up in the near future. I don't know when it will totally open up. Tiananmen remains one of the taboo topics, along with uh, Tibet and Falun Gong, and then there are also, you know, there's like peasant rioting and all that. Those are kind of topics that the authorities um, black out or censor. Um, Tiananmen will probably still be a controversial issue in China, especially in the leadership, part because some people who were involved in the crackdown uh, are still around, are still in power, and they don't want it they they don't want to talk about it or reopen it because it would mean uh, pointing fingers or even um, putting responsibility on some people who may still be in power uh, and therefore would stand to lose their power. It could also ignite another round of, of power struggle among them. So perhaps that's one compelling reason for them to ban Tiananmen. They also put, they also are worried that Tiananmen, if they start talking about it, um, may be construed as an invitation to do it again. In other words, they probably are worried that if, say, students um, get to look back at Tiananmen and talk about it, and it might stir up more passion or uh, similarly among, especially among students and youth, and the, the um, authorities certainly don't want to see that. I mean, I'm not saying I agree with those, um, but I think that's per, that's perhaps what's in their mind, and that's why they're still banning uh, themes like Tiananmen. Is internet technology an important reason to push the opening up of Chinese media? I think, yeah, given that modern technology and the... I mean, China is more horrors now than in the past. People who really want to find out about Tiananmen, students, youth, academics, there are ways to find, to, to get them now. Uh, it's not like in the past, like in the, it's not like 20 or 30 years ago when China was totally closed uh, or it was totally impossible to, to get those things. I think 
anyone here who really wants to find them will be able to find them. We'll, we'll be able to find ways. The question is, I think, um, uh, on the official level, they still ban it. It's still taboo. And the whole point, I think, also is for the authorities are basically trying to tell everybody that they're still in charge and that you can't just get them freely. It's the same way that they censor other stories. They black out CNN stories that we do from time that they don't like. The reason why they're able to black out our stories uh, on television is because we are required, like BBC and other um, cable companies, we are required to beam our signals into China through Sinosat, the satellite which the Chinese government controls. And there is an eight-second delay between the time our signals are received in the satellite and are and are allowed into our TV screens. So during that eight-second delay, uh, there is always somebody on duty who could press a button and black out our stories selectively. So it could be that you could black out for four seconds or four minutes or several minutes, and Typically, they black out stories that is about Tiananmen or Tibet or Chen Shubian, Falun And again, if, if you think about it, there's really not many Chinese who actually could watch CNN in English. CNN is also not allowed to um, to be shown in most places in China except the you know the three star and above hotels and selected Danway, selected institutions. So if you think about it, there's very little sense in, in even trying to black out uh, our stories into China. But I think the whole point of blacking it out, of censoring, is they, they want to show that they are still in charge and that the, the media is not totally f- free to do what they want or say what they want, and they can stop us when they want to. A lot of people say that in the recent five years, there's been a tightening of media control in China. Do you agree? I think that um, if I view this from a spectrum of like 25 years since I started working as a journalist in Beijing, um, it's certainly much better now. It's easier. It was um, in terms of restrictions and the stories, the kind of stories that we can do now, uh, in part because the Chinese media also have changed over the past 20-plus years. It's become more interesting, more free, more, I mean, relatively free, um, it's because there's more competition among them. Um, so we as foreign journalists um, get a lot of leads or tips from the Chinese media by just following the Chinese media because they also report a lot of uh, good stories, you know, exposés, complaints, uh, problems. But uh, it's also true that I think in the past year or so, there is be- there has been a tightening of restrictions on the media, both foreign and Chinese. Um, on the one hand, you have changes in the positive direction. For us, for example, there there's a more... Uh, more information flowing, coming out of um, the Chinese media, but also coming out of some uh, official 
agencies, like the ministries now have spokespersons, not all, but more, more and more of them have appointed spokespersons. They, they have um, given, given us their phone numbers of, you know, spokesperson's office. Again, there's, I think they're still in a very initial stage of trying to learn what it means to be a spokesperson. But um, the foreign ministry has their twice-a-week press briefing. Some ministries are beginning to follow their example. Uh, not all of them are useful for foreign journalists. Uh, at least they're trying. Uh, at least we now know uh, who to call when we want a uh, an official statement. At least we can get them to say no comment. Twenty years ago, we didn't even know who to call, or we couldn't even get them to say no comment. So in that sense, things have changed uh, for the better. Uh, at least they're trying. But um, there is still censorship in place, censoring specific themes that the authorities don't like. Can you talk a little bit more about, in the recent couple of months, the cracking down on the foreign media, perhaps also the Chinese media? I think that's partly because um, that's partly driven by the fact that we are that the Chinese leadership is now going through changes, which will culminate next year in the 17th Party Congress. So we can consider China as like in an election year period. Um, this is the equivalent of China's like presidential election which happens in China, it happens every five years. A lot of it is happening behind the scenes. So for the the new leaders who are trying to consolidate their power, Hu Jintao, the president, and the prime minister, Wen Jiabao, they, this is their chance now to put their people in important places and get rid of people they don't like. A lot of them perhaps... Uh, allied with the former president Jiang Zemin, the Shanghai faction. So as they go through this power struggle, they need a few things in their hands. The army, political power comes out of the, of the barrel of the gun, Chairman Mao said. They need the army. And then, of course, they need the, the Politburo. They need to control the, the Communist Party uh, leading group, the Politburo. And then third, they need the media. They need to control the media because the media in China is a very important political tool. And I think that's one of the reasons why there's been a tightening of uh, media control lately. Another possible explanation is that the Chinese government is paranoid over what is known as the color revolution, which is what what happened in um, the former Soviet states, you know, the Kazakhstans and, and all the stands. So the Chinese uh, government knows what happened in those places, and they see, they think that it, there is conspiracy uh, by Western countries to subvert you know, states like them and, and states like China by using the NGOs and the media to effect 
such uh, changes, political changes in in the government. So there is a paranoia in China, among the leaders in China, that they may they may try to do the same thing in China by using, and that's why you have a crackdown or tightening up on the NGOs as well as the foreign media. You have been in China for thirty five years, and what keeps you there for so long? Yeah, I think it's the job. It's the、um, the journalistic career here that. That has kept me、uh, coming or staying in China all this all these years. I yeah, China has been my refuge and my training ground for over thirty years. And、uh, even though living here and working here has、uh, genuine difficulties, you know the、uh, language barriers initially anyway. There's the cultural shock, the pollution, bureaucracy,、um, but China has its、um, inherent inherent charm, and that, that you know keeps drawing me back here. And I have a lot of friends here too. I formed a lot of a network of very genuine friends, and it's been a very interesting, very、uh, rewarding experience to be a China watcher all these years. We always say, you know, you, you get a ringside view of of history,、uh, watching China change, and、uh, yeah, it's it's it's. I think it's one of the best、um, news beat or journalistic beat in China in, in the world. Are you going to stay for the Olympics in two thousand eight? I certainly hope so.、Um, I have a you know pretty open ended um, plans. Um, I would love to be here for the Olympics、uh, more than just the games, but also just how China、uh, organizes it and deals with it. I think it will be a big news, but also it will be a, a kind of a, a good way to look back for me、uh, to where China was at that time. By then, it would be 37 years, and.、Uh, It would be nice for me to just、um, look at China at that time, and then look back at what China was when I first came here in 1971, and sort of see how much China would have changed and what it means for China. Thanks a lot, Jaime Flacruz. You've been listening to the CDT China Cast. I'm Wu Nan, and thanks for listening.